Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello. So it has been a little bit, probably a month and a half since my last episode. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I was just taking a little break so that I can get caught up. I can batch ahead a little bit more. I used to just kind of batch an episode or two, pre-schedule them, and that worked pretty smoothly most of the time. Uh, But with a little one at home and a very unpredictable schedule for when I can get this extra work in, uh, it's been a little bit more challenging to get caught up on that. So I'm taking a little break to batch up and hopefully get in a good routine where I don't end up feeling behind on these episodes so that I can enjoy recording them rather than feel rushed uh, getting it recorded in time and out in time. So good to see you again. And uh, that kind of segues into what the theme of this episode is going to be in a way. Uh, It is May as this recording is coming out, which is Maternal Mental Health Month. And this is obviously something that, you know, I've been experiencing, right, Uh, navigating postpartum and the first year of being a parent and everything that comes with that. And it's also something that I specialize in my work, perinatal mental health, um, which includes so much more than just maternal mental health, right? It can be mental health related to pregnancy. And I'm also going to add in infertility because I think that's a huge piece of it too, Um, as well as postpartum. We hear a lot about postpartum, like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but these things can also happen in pregnancy because you're going through a major life change, hormonal change, and all of that. And while May is Maternal Mental Health Month, I also want to point out that um, this isn't just for the birthing mother, in quotes. It can also impact the partner um, because there's a a major change and some hormonal shifts that can happen there too. So I'll be talking a little bit more about um, the impact on the birthing parent because, you know, there's going to be a bit more of a significant change and hormonal shift in there, Um, but I will touch on how this can impact the partner as well and and that need for support too. So let's dig in. I'm going to kind of go over some of the more common uh, diagnoses, if you will. I'll I'll talk about the diagnoses themselves, but it's I I kind of have a love-hate relationship with diagnoses. I think it's really helpful to group symptoms together and get an idea of what's going on, Um, but I also think that can kind of put us in some boxes that aren't always so helpful. So I'll, I'll also just be talking about experiences that let you know that you might need some extra support and can normalize what you're going through because... It's, it's normal to struggle in these really significant changes. So, right, a contributing factor to perinatal mental health, of course, is a change in hormones, right? During pregnancy and postpartum, your body is going through such a dramatic shift in hormones. <laughs> Things are changing rapidly, 
and there's a lot going on and hormones can have such an impact on anxiety and depression and everything that we're going through. So that's, of course, a huge contributing factor, but it's also a really significant change in life circumstances, right? Like your your world is shifting in a lot of ways and not only is like the circumstance changing, whether it be your first time parent or adding a kid to the family or whatnot, um, but it's also right those those daily changes that you're going through, which might be lack of sleep. There might be a lot of like physical symptoms of discomfort or recovery that you're going through. Uh, your world just totally changes. So it's it's a lot, and I think in any significant transition in life, whether it be family related or not, um, struggling is normal. It's, it's not easy. And so I think getting support is important in that. Um, so before I even jump into some of these different diagnoses or categories of symptoms, um, I just want to say that you don't necessarily have to fit a specific diagnosis or it doesn't have to feel serious enough to get help. I think just going through this transition itself can be a nice reason to get therapy, get support, um, to normalize that it's tough, right? So whether or not you fit any of these categories, um, getting support is important. But I will jump into some of these diagnoses. So what we hear pretty commonly is like postpartum depression. Um, that's one that has been talked about for a long time. And I think postpartum anxiety has been something that's also talked about some more. And while these are called postpartum, I also want to add in that uh, they can impact us before baby is born. So not just the postpartum period, uh, we can lump it into perinatal mental health, which is impacting us during pregnancy as well as postpartum up to that like first year of life for that little one. So postpartum depression is one that has been the most common. And this is like, oh, gosh, like this, these hormone shifts that you have during pregnancy as well as after pregnancy, right after delivery, there's this huge drop in hormones. Um, it can leave people feeling really, really low. And um, sometimes it's just like a little bit like the baby blues, right? Where you're feeling just a little bit more like lethargic and gosh, you're also potentially recovering from delivering a baby, um, feeling maybe a little bit sad or emotions coming up a bit easier because your hormones are going whack. Uh, but it can also be a bit more intense, right? Where you're feeling that deep depression, where you're feeling hopeless. You might be feeling like a horrible parent, that you're not doing enough, right? Like lots of worthlessness. So it can feel pretty extreme as well. So there's a big continuum of how impactful these symptoms might be. Um, and again, I would say like feeling, you know, some of this like, negative self-talk or having some high expectations for yourself, whether it be full-on depression or not, um, is maybe like a normal thing to show up, but is also something that lets us know like, ooh, I need some support, right? Because this is hard. Maybe I'm stepping into a new role and I'm being tough with myself. Maybe you have some past like attachment trauma stuff showing up here, which is normal. Um, so that can be a big one. And, and it's one that's talked about more often. I'll share a little bit about my experience um, 
both with perinatal depression as well as anxiety. Um, I didn't so much have postpartum depression, maybe a little bit, right? Like certainly I I, I can be harsh with myself and that showed up a lot. Um, But it was kind of surprising for me how much I noticed this during pregnancy. And I think a part of it was, of course, the hormone shift. And I could identify that it was like really influenced by hormones because so much of the time it wasn't due to situational factors. There was nothing contributing to me feeling low or disconnected from myself or whatnot. Um, But I just had that feeling in my body, right? And I'm just like, oh, I feel so miserable. And there is nothing contributing to the why. Um, Depression, little bits of that have, you know, showed up at different times in my life, but it's not super common, whereas anxiety for me is pretty common. That's a a thread that I feel in my life. So that one I'm a bit more used to, but when some of these depression symptoms show up, that's one that I uh, don't have as much practice with. So I struggled with that. um, And yeah, I really struggled with like, hey, why is this showing up? Um, And I could really identify that it was hormonal because it really reminded me of years ago when I started um, some some kind of birth control that shifted hormones, of course. Um, I know I felt that in the first couple of weeks of being on that birth control. So that really let me know like, oh, yep, here's this hormonal shift. And we can identify and name it, but it doesn't make it go away, right? So, um, you know, I, I think with that, getting some support is important, right? For me, that is leaning on my support system, uh, going to therapy, using my skills, all of that stuff. So that was my experience with perinatal depression. Again, I didn't have it too much postpartum actually, which was nice because I um, am not as practiced at, at navigating that. So I'm glad I didn't have to navigate it too much postpartum. Uh, and then anxiety. So this one I knew was going to be on board uh, during pregnancy, during postpartum, because anxiety is what I fall to in in most important things in my life, as well as in transitions in life. So even if I didn't add in the hormonal component of it, I knew this would be a part of my experience um, because it's there's a, there's a long-standing thread and and I feel practice in navigating in it. I know when I need support around it and all of that. Um, but gosh, it can be tricky, right? It's it's not a fun thing. And for me, I already had during during infertility, I certainly had anxiety and I had depression during that time too, which was um, very much situational, right? I could identify where that was coming from. Um, but I think that that experience with infertility and the trauma that I experienced in infertility certainly impacted my anxiety during pregnancy as well as postpartum, right? I had some of these thoughts of like, this isn't supposed to happen for me, right? Like I, you know, for so long had questioned if I was going to become a parent in this way. And so that really brought up anxiety of like, uh, something, something bad's going to happen, right? The other shoe's going to drop, um, being really nervous throughout my pregnancy, needing a lot of support, um, both in therapy and like just body work and relaxation techniques, all of this kind of stuff. And then in postpartum, it also showed up a lot. And for me, there was definitely um, a hormone (laughs) contribution in the postpartum um, because I think some amount of anxiety is, is normal and in fact, in some ways helpful if it's at a small amount, right? Because now you're taking care of this tiny human and a little bit of anxiety keeps us like 
being mindful, right? Is our baby in a safe position? Um, are we making sure to feed them enough, right? Anxiety, a little bit of anxiety can keep us on top of all of the new things that we're adjusting to and all of the extra things to make sure this little one stays safe and is okay. Um, and I think it's human and normal to feel a little extra anxious about that. Again, something that I think we could all use a little support around, maybe, you know, getting in some extra therapy appointments during that time to navigate that normal anxiety that shows up is is a wise choice. Uh, but for me, the anxiety at some points was so intense that it felt pretty traumatic. Um, it uh, What I'll talk about a little bit next is some perinatal OCD, which um, sometimes can just be purely obsessive thoughts. And some of these intrusive thoughts, I think, can overlap with that anxiety too. So for me, I'd have lots of like really tough intrusive thoughts of like horrible things happening. Um, I won't go too much into the details of it because if you're listening to this in the period of postpartum, um, I know for me it was really triggering, right? I'd see something horrible happen um, on TV or someone was sharing a horrible story about something that happened on their TikTok or whatever and I would ruminate and fixate on it all day, right? I was very focused on like something totally unavoidable, horrible happening to my baby. Um, and gosh, that, that anxiety, it, it felt traumatic because it felt like you were experiencing it even though it wasn't happening. And so for me, of course, right, I went to therapy, got lots of support around that. Um, I had to really be mindful about the media that I was taking in. So I took TikTok off my phone because I think um, TikTok can be a great way to just like scroll and get your mind off stuff. But I think there is a lot of like trauma dumping that shows up on there. And um, the algorithm is great at finding the trauma dumps that you don't need the most. So I was seeing lots of stuff that just was not helpful. It would throw off my whole day. And so getting rid of that was really helpful. I'm actually still not really on it. Like once in a while, I've been really inconsistent with my professional TikTok and posting some videos on there. Um, that's pretty much all I've done since then. So if you're considering a break in some kind of media, it might be nice. I know it's been nice for me. Um, and yeah, so that anxiety was pretty intense. Um, eventually, I did add in some medication and I had lots of anxiety too about like, is this safe for my baby as uh, they're getting breast milk from me and all of that. Um did my research. It's, it's safe. It's okay. Um, if you're curious about these different things, um, postpartum support network, there's lots of, or postpartum support international is a really great resource. They have, um, lots of great stuff on their website. So I'll link that in the show notes. Um, if you're looking for, whether it be a therapist or information on different medications, I'll link some of that stuff in the show notes. So you have those resources. Um, but I think it's great to know that there are options. If you think you need medication on board for different things, just to like feel like you can be yourself, feel that you're a little more in touch with the skills that you need to practice that's a wise choice. I know I'm really glad that I did it. I was really nervous about it before, but um, it was really helpful for me. So if you're contemplating that, I recommend talking with your doctor about it. So next, so so that's postpartum anxiety, a little bit about my experience with it. But yeah, essentially it's 
you know, if you're if you're really focused on different things that you're worried about, and, and they might be the common things, right? Like the sleep schedule, the feed schedule, um, different safety things. Like if it feels like it's beyond what's helpful, right? If it's beyond like just a little thought in your mind, if it's something that you're kind of fixated on or it makes you feel a little on edge or physically uncomfortable, that might mean there's, you know, it's more than just being mindful of some new things and it's now like, ooh, I'm struggling with some of these new things. So always a nice thing to look for some support, get some help with that. Next, I'll talk a little bit about perinatal OCD, which is another common one, but I think it's not talked about a lot. Um, And this, like, it can definitely be connected to some of that anxiety, just like OCD might be outside of pregnancy, postpartum, and all that stuff. Uh, But it's where you might have some obsessive thoughts and with or without compulsions, right? Again, sometimes it can be just the pure OOCD, but sometimes it has some compulsions. So we have these like obsessive thoughts, these intrusive thoughts that show up in our mind. Um, Sometimes they seem like really strange and really out there like, oh gosh, like I think one outside of uh, pregnancy that people talk about is like they're driving a car and they see a bike on the road and they're like, oh my gosh, what if I ran over that person on the bike? And they're like, why am I thinking this horrible thing? It's like, no, it's just like an intrusive thought. It's not something you're actually going to do. And if you have these thoughts with your baby, sometimes people feel like, oh gosh, am I this horrible parent? Am I this unsafe parent? If I have these horrible thoughts showing up in my mind, um, And I just want to make this note that if it feels uncomfortable, if the thought feels uncomfortable, uh, it's usually an indicator that you are not going to do it, right? Like you are not uh, going to do whatever this obsessive thought is showing up as, of course, great to get help, get support, because those thoughts are not pleasant to experience. Um, But it doesn't mean you're a bad person or a bad parent. It's just that anxiety on overdrive and worrying about the catastrophes. So here's where you can get some support and where medication might also be really helpful. Next is postpartum psychosis. Again, another one that um, not super, super common, but common enough that it's worth taking note of, um, but not something that's talked about a lot. So this might be, um, especially with all these hormone shifts, like noticing whether it be delusions, disconnection from reality, hallucinations, um, just feeling like really, really confused and disoriented. If that is showing up, like beyond the point where you're just like, oh, I'm really tired and I'm feeling a little confused, like what time is it? Um, But if it's like, okay, I'm believing something that's not real, um, or I'm forgetting really important moments, or my partner thinks that I'm really disconnected from what's going on, this is a good thing to like check in with your doctor right away, right? And especially if these feel intense, it can be worth like going to the hospital and getting things checked out right away because getting on some medication as soon as possible might be a really important part of navigating this. Um, So this one can be on a continuum where it's a little bit more mild, but it can also get to the point where things can feel intense, right? And things might not be as safe for you. So getting checked out as soon as you can, getting some support, adding in medications to navigate it is going to be helpful. I'm not going to go into, like for for all of these, I'm not going to go through the full criteria of how you get diagnosed because essentially it is, um, these are just little indicators that you could get checked out, get some help. So 
if you're noticing like this really big disconnection from reality or what's really happening, that's one that you want to get checked out sooner rather than later. Um, And then the last one I will talk about is um, some PTSD or trauma that is related to either it can be an infertility, it can be in pregnancy, it can be postpartum. There's so many things that can happen in all of those. And and it's just such a major life transition that that can feel traumatic. Um, And with this, it's really worth noting that having trauma related to any kind of perinatal experience doesn't mean that it has to be on the outside an obviously traumatic thing, right? Like we hear about someone who had a really scary birth experience or almost died in pregnancy or something, right? Like when we think of that as like, oh yeah, of course they have trauma, Um, which is true. Of course they have trauma from that and need support and need healing, Uh, but it doesn't have to be these really big obvious things, essentially trauma is how it impacts you. It doesn't have so much to do with what happened, Um, but there is enough transition in these periods of time that it's, it's common to sometimes experience different levels of trauma. So for me, in my experience, um, during pregnancy, I did a lot of work with my therapist navigating some of the trauma that I had in infertility because I wanted to make sure I was a little more on top of that. doesn't mean like it's fixed, it's cured, I'm fine, but um, that I'm mindful of it and, and doing the things that I need to do so that that trauma wasn't impacting, you know, how I can feel showing up as a parent, right? So that I'm not, um, and I think that trauma certainly contributes to the anxiety pieces, right? So noticing like, oh, anxiety might be a response to some of that trauma I had and looking at how I can support myself during that. Um For me, pregnancy, um, especially towards the end, was a little bit scary. She was, my little one was okay and everything, Um, delivery and everything went went smooth, she was healthy, all that jazz, Um, but there were some risk factors that were a little bit scary, so that felt a bit traumatic. Um, Thankfully, like my birth team was really awesome, super trauma-informed. I felt like I had a real say in everything that was going on. I felt really comfortable, despite the fact that I had a pretty painful induction that was not actually comfortable. Um, But I think having that really supportive trauma-informed team, as I'm looking back at it, I have a really positive experience around that birth. even though during it, I certainly was like, I never want to do this again. Um, but that was a really supportive experience. Um, but then after she was born, I certainly had little bits of, of trauma and just difficulty from experiences we were having. Um, she had jaundice, so we had to go back into the hospital for treatment overnight, which felt, even even though logically I knew everything was going to be fine, it, it felt a bit traumatic having to go back and of course with the anxiety I was already having worrying about is this when something horrible is going to happen um we had lots of feeding struggles lots of breastfeeding struggles lots of stress around that um and due to some attachment I had and like what I wanted to happen and um I I think this also connects to some of the trauma with infertility right so getting pregnant for us we had to do IVF Um, so that already felt like this quote unquote, not natural experience, right? It didn't happen how I imagined it to happen. 
And then our breastfeeding was like that too, right? That didn't happen how I imagined it to happen, as well as our birth, right? That didn't happen how I had imagined it to happen. So lots of different layers there. And yeah, I think um, the struggle that we had with breastfeeding, she had um, all these like oral ties that we had to get revised and work on, like her oral functioning and um, I think on top of it, with her jaundice, we had to be really on top of feeding and making sure she was getting enough. So we were using bottles and she wasn't nursing effectively. So there was lots of challenges we had. And that certainly fed into lots of difficulties, just mental health wise in general, with some anxiety and feeling low about things, um, but certainly some layers of trauma within that too. So essentially, if there are parts of this transition that you're struggling with, whether you identify it as like full-on trauma, if that word fits for you with it, or just like, ooh, this is really tough and I'm navigating some tough experiences, uh, always great to get support. So all of these life changes, these hormonal changes can impact how we're feeling in really big ways. Um, and, and this isn't like a full conclusive list of every way that it can impact you or every diagnosis that there is. But these are some of the more common ones um, that I think are worth just like being mindful of if you are uh, at some point entering some perinatal periods of your life and want to kind of be mindful about what could show up and, and what resources you can get. I don't want it to feel scary, right? I think um, when we have the support that we need, so for me, I can identify like, oh, this felt like a really tough um, really like four or five years of my life, right? Like infertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and, and going into the first year of childhood. Um, it, it's been a bumpy road. It's been a wild road, but because I was able to get the support that I needed, um, it, it has really been a wonderful and positive experience too. So I don't want it to feel super scary or super doom and gloom. Um, it's really all about how you navigate that with support. So, um, you know, getting therapy, doing medications, um, having a solid support system, working on that. And I know that's sometimes easier said than done. I feel really fortunate to have a really lovely family on both my side and my husband's side. We get a lot of a lot of help. I think we're really lucky to get the help that we have. Um also, my sister had a baby around the same time, so it's been kind of fun to uh, get to navigate some of these steps together where we can <laughs> commiserate a little bit and um, have some shared and different, but some shared experiences that make sense. So I, I feel really lucky in that. I know not everybody is, but reaching out where you can, and it might be looking into um, whether it be lactation support groups or postpartum support groups or whatever else there is, there's lots of different resources and options. And again, I'll link some of those in the show notes. So if you're looking for some uh, ways to find support, check the show notes. I'll have links there for you so you can connect to some of those things. Um, and then, yeah, I want to add in that... Um, and, and I know this is not giving it all of the attention that it deserves, but that all of these things can influence the partner as well, uh, male, female, non-binary. It doesn't matter like what hormones they necessarily hold, but there are going to be some hormone shifts that they experience. Um, and it's a major life change, right? And, and 
they might be feeling some things about witnessing their partner have to go through all of this. And gosh, you know, they're, they're going through stuff too. And so they can certainly need support, whether it be medications, whether it be therapy. I think like um, having both partners get their own individual as well as couples therapy around these times, whether it be all at the same time or just, you know, in bits and pieces when they need it, I think is really important because you're entering a totally new phase of life um, in a lot of different ways. And so it's normal to struggle but just because it's normal doesn't mean we have to like feel like we're suffering in that struggle, right? Like it's it's normal, it's common, but you need you need support and it's okay to need support. So that is kind of the main overview on some of this perinatal mental health. I will talk a little bit more um, in my next episode. I'm gonna just kind of focus on trauma and how that can impact maternal mental health and perinatal mental health and all of that stuff. And um, I know I touched on some of that in this episode, but if you want some more of that, I will talk about that in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Just kind of uh, May maternal mental health month focus here. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to stay on this. If, if you're not someone who this topic is super relevant to you, that's okay. We will get to some other things down the road too. But I wanted to just do a little overview just to kind of go over like what are some common experiences and what can happen and what lets you know that you might need some support. Um, And I'll end it with just the note of like, if you're curious about getting support, reach out, right? Like just going through this transition in life is enough to need support, even if it feels like it's going really smooth and things are going really well. you could also use some support because there's still a lot of change and transformation happening, even if you're reflecting on a lot of like wonderful, positive experiences too. So we can all use support. We don't need to have any justified reason other than like it's something that we're curious about and might feel nice for us. So I will end there. Stay tuned for some perinatal trauma episode next and I hope you're all doing well and have a lovely rest of your day thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode if I referenced any links in this episode you can find them below in the show notes if you like the ground and grow podcast I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.